Hello, Dog Days listeners. It's Saturday, 28th, 2021. If you are looking for topics in endurance sports, you are on the right spot. I'm doing a temporary challenge in August, trying to do a short episode every day. For more information, check out the episode I did on August 1st, where I explain things. The topic is isotopes, nothing to do with endurance sports, but I hope you still listen. As wonderful and as useful as stable isotopes are, the real drama is in the radioactive ones. They're mysterious. There's nuclear bombs and nuclear power. They're dangerous and frightening. There's radiation and murder. Wikipedia lists just six cases of murder or attempted murder that did involve or may have involved radioactive material. Russia is involved in all but one of these, Two of them are famous, and I'll get to them last. I also found another article by members of Los Alamos National Security and California Poison Control with a number of possible cases. In 1993, in Moscow, Vladimir Kaplan was killed by radioactive cesium-137 placed in his chair. He died of radiation sickness a month after hospitalization. The cesium-137 was placed inside the back of his seat, resulting in exposure to internal organs and death due to profound blood loss from multiple ulcers in his stomach. Cesium-137 emits beta particles, high-energy electrons, and gamma rays, high-energy electromagnetic radiation. If I haven't stated it before, radiation kills in large part by destroying a cell's DNA, eventually leading to the dysfunction and death of the cell. It's probably the gamma rays that did him in, since the chair material would have blocked many of the beta particles, the electrons. At least that's my guess. This case seems well confirmed. A disturbing case from 1972 involved a father placing cesium-137 pellets in his 13-year-old son's headphones, in his pillow, pillow, and in a sock next to his genitals while he slept for a total of eight exposures, causing severe lesions and castration. The child underwent over 16 operations with numerous skin grafts. The motives Motives of this case were unknown, and the assumption was that the father was mentally disturbed after a recent divorce. That is really horrible. Besides cesium-137 being quite dangerous, certain industrial gauges, like humidity gauges, contain cesium-137, and they can be stolen and used as poison. I think that isotopes used in medical procedures are poor candidates as poisons. They often have short half-lives, they don't last long, and lower energy beta particles or gamma rays. That's the reason they can be put into your body. An attempt to murder an associate using a gamma ray emitter occurred in China in 2002 when a disgruntled worker placed radioactive iridium-192 pellets in the ceiling panels above a business rival. This incident caused acute radiation symptoms in 74 hospital staff members, including a near miscarriage. In 1999, a lab technician smeared phosphorus-32, radioactive, on his lab partner's chair because he believed that since his lips were tingling, that she had tried to poison him first. Symptoms 
experienced by the victim were severe and included memory loss, fatigue, loss of appetite, headaches, vomiting, and bleeding gums. I don't know where this happened. Suicide by radiation poisoning is dumb. Supposedly, one suicide in the USSR in 1960 took a man 18 days of incessant pain to finally die. I don't have more details on that. So let's get to the two famous cases. One of them happened in the United States, and it has, and it has never been proven. If you've watched the movie Silkwood, I guess you know about it. I've not watched that movie. The Kerr-McGee Corporation was an American energy company involved in oil, natural gas, and uranium mining. The company was bought up in 2006, so I guess it doesn't exist now. It is alleged that Karen Silkwood was negligently or purposely contaminated with plutonium-239 while working at Kerr-McGee and while she was investigating or whistleblowing safety violations at the plant. Her activism and November 1974 death were the subject of the 1983 film Silkwood. After years of litigation, a lawsuit was settled out of court. Silkwood herself worked with plutonium-239. However, despite no apparent accident of any sort, a detection yielded signs of alpha activity on her hands, forearm, neck, and face. Note, plutonium-239 can decay into uranium-235 and alpha particles. And of course, uranium-235 is radioactive as well. Silkwood subsequently tested positive for very significant levels of alpha activity and an inspection of her apartment showed high levels of, radi of radioactive contamination. Silkwood, Silkwood was found to have plutonium-239 in her lungs, and measurements taken after her death indicated that she had somehow ingested plutonium prior to her demise. I think that Kermagee did try to argue that she committed suicide. Finally, another famous case, and to me the most interesting one, although of course tragic, is that of Alexander Litvinenko, who died from polonium-210 poisoning in London in 2006. British officials, British officials said that investigators had, had concluded the murder of Litvinenko was a state-sponsored assassination, assassination orchestrated by Russian security services. I remember this happening. I found it fascinating then. He was a former Russian spy who had fled Moscow in 2000. In Britain, he became a huge Vladimir Putin critic. He was a writer, journalist, and a secret British agent himself. The hitman, hitman Andrei Lugovoy and Dmitry Kovtun, probably don't say those right, were caught in part because Litvinenko lived long enough to solve his own murder. It seems possible they didn't even know what the poison was they were carrying. Note, polonium-210 with 84 protons is the only natural isotope of polonium existing in just trace amounts and is radioactive with a half-life of 138 days. It gives off alpha, alpha particles, which as we know can be easily easily blocked, but which are super dangerous if ingested, as with Karen Silkwood. Polonium-210 was one of the first radioactive elements discovered in 19. I'm sorry, in 1898 by Marie Curie and named after her, her homeland of Poland. Here's the briefest outline of what happened. The, assassinate, the, the assassins lured Lit, 
Litvinenko to a meeting on the pretense of talking about some Russian film project. At the meeting, they slipped poison into tea, which Litvinenko drank, poisoning him. The hotel bar where this happened ended up massively contaminated. I'm guessing the hitman must have had a polonium salt powder that they managed to spread all over the place. Even in the bar's restroom, Kovtun had visited just prior to the meeting was contaminated. Forensic experts would would find contamination everywhere. Litvinenko's white ceramic teapot was not difficult to discover. It gave off nearly... It gave nearly off-the-chart radiation readings. The biggest reading came from the spout. The teapot was put in the dishwasher afterwards and unknowingly used for subsequent customers. The table where they sat registered enough radiation such that half that amount ingested was enough to kill a person. Polonium-210 was found inside the dishwasher, on the floor, and on the cash register. There were traces on bottles of martini behind the bar, on an ice cream scoop, and on a chopping board. It turned up on chairs with large alpha radiation readings from where the three Russians sat and the piano stool. Whoever sent Lugavoy and Koftun to London must have known of the risks to others. Apparently, they didn't care. The hitmen were lousy assassins, caught on hotel camera numerous times. Their hotel room was completely contaminated. The most crucial piece of evidence was discovered several floors up, above the bar in Koftun's room. When police forensic teams took apart the bathroom sink, they found a mangled clump of debris in the sediment trap of the sink's waste pipe. Tests on the clump showed it contained huge amounts of radioactivity. 17 days after the poisoning, Lipanenka was dying in the hospital, working with Scotland Yard to figure out how he was killed. At the end, he was suffering from bouts of diarrhea, abnormal heart rhythms, and was completely bald and weak from radiation poisoning. There's a very famous picture of him just before he died, which he allowed to be taken and published. He talked to Scotland Yard until the very end and publicly accused Putin Putin, of ordering the poisoning. Eventually, he had two heart attacks and was on life support. Then another heart attack killed him about a month after he had been poisoned. Six hours before he died, it was confirmed that polonium-210 was the poison. I really don't know whatever happened to the two assassins. I'm assuming they're in jail. As contaminated as they likely were, I don't know how sick they got. I forgot to kind of follow up on that. But much of this I got from an amazing article on Guardian.com titled Alexander Litvinenko, The Man Who Solved His Own Murder. There you can also see the famous picture. I recommend reading this. Finally, Alexander Litvinenko is not the first casualty of polonium. In 1956, Marie Curie's scientist's daughter, Irene, died of leukemia that she is believed to have contracted through exposure to polonium years before. There have also been claims that Palestinian leader Yasser Arafat, that's for you older folks like me who remember him, may have been exposed to it in a similar way to which Litvinenko was. Almost done. More tomorrow.